He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello my name is charlie you may know me as cp i do that sometimes you may know me as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and today we're here to talk about something i think most people think they know and that is honesty or as i like to call it the spiral dance of truth honesty is a real issue And it's a real issue that we need to discuss, especially if we are going to enter the worlds of theological, spiritual, or theological speculation. Because honesty is different from truth in a very important way. I think most people approach religion or spirituality or philosophy or what have you looking for truth. Their goal is to uncover something that they can really have certainty about. Something that they can sink their teeth into and say, this is real. They look at stories of people from the past who made very dramatic statements about how they unequivocally knew the truth. And I don't think that that is a claim that we can make anymore, could ever really make. And I don't think it's a claim that helps us at all when we're trying to have these discussions, because I don't think what we are really wanting is truth. We're wanting reality. And reality is a very different beast. Now, the distinction I make here is reality is what exists independent of our own consciousness. The problem is we cannot interact with reality in a way that our consciousness does not intervene. Now, I don't mean that the way some people do, that we create our own you know, universe and all that jazz. But what I do mean is that we filter the world. Our preconceived notions change the way we interact with the world. The company that we keep changes our experience of the world. And our own senses hamper our ability to truly interact with the world. What we get in the end is a story. And while science can give us data, data is not a story, data does not help us in our day-to-day lives. What we require is the story that is gleaned either from the data or from experience to tell us how it is that we should proceed. 
And that's where things can get really, really wrong. We can misinterpret the data. We could have an incomplete data set that gives us an incomplete answer. We, there are many errors that can crop up here. And the biggest problem that we could ever have is to confuse the information that we have gathered with truth and to say that we have found 100% reality. We have found 100% truth. At the same time, I am not trying to say that we cannot know things. I'm not one of those people either. I think what we can say is that the best we can come up with is a probable truth, a probable answer. And depending on the topic at hand, exactly how much data we can gather to give us the best probabilistic answer. So we can look at something and say, we are 99.9% sure that this is the way of things. Einstein's general relativity, for example. Every test we've thrown at it, it's passed with flying colors. Its predictions seem to describe the world as we know it. So with 99.9% accuracy, we can say that it's probably true. We can't say that with 100%. And we shouldn't want to. Certainty is blinding. You have to remember, for the most part, all of the tests that we threw at Newton worked. The problem is, some of Newton wasn't right. Or even more bizarrely, while Newton's theory of gravity was not correct, his math, his equations on how gravity works, sometimes serve us better than using Einstein's when we're trying to, for example, figure out how to get a satellite to Pluto. That's strange. (laughs) It really is. And it's not something I want to delve into deeply right now. But the point I'm trying to make is, even with the best scientific evidence available to us, we can only give ourselves, you know, that 99.9% we kind of sort of know. Now, when you're dealing with someone's personal experience or your own personal experience, eh, it gets even more dicey. Because in these instances, we may or may not have data. We may not be able to prove in a compelling way that what was experienced happened. And this is where honesty comes in. Now, some of you, especially those of you who have uh, listened to me talk in person, know that epistemology, the study of how we know what we know, or how do we know that we know anything, is one of my pet projects. And I am a person who errs on the side of virtue epistemology. What that means is, I think we know what we know with a fair degree of certainty because of the intellectual virtue of the messengers who bring it. I have a general understanding of physics. I have a fairly good understanding of math. I am not a physicist. I am not trained as a physicist. So 
when I study physics, which I do because I'm that kind of person, I am studying it as a layman. And so for some of it, I have to take on faith. I did not do the experiments that are being explained to me, for example, when I'm reading a book on physics. I did not do the experiment. So I have to trust that the person relaying the experiment is relaying it honestly. And you can do that through a lot of different methods, mainly how trustworthy do they seem to be? You know, are they somebody who's just out to make money? For example, somebody who tells you that they have a new study that other people are debating with them about that this, that cinnamon cures cancer. You know what? If cinnamon caused cancer, we would probably know by now. That would be general knowledge. That wouldn't be secret knowledge because somebody who had cancer who really liked cinnamon rolls would have spontaneously been cured. They would have figured out eventually maybe it was the cinnamon rolls and huzzah, we would all know. So that person has a financial interest because they're asking me for money to learn the secret of how cinnamon cures cancer. Mm. So your interest is not helping me. Your interest is in, is in making money off me. Therefore, there's some skepticism that you have earned. I, I have no reason so far to see that you're honest. And I think this is where a lot of religious people go wrong. For me, Jesus said, freely have you received, so freely shall you give. And I think that's the way things should go. That's why we don't charge for the podcast. We don't charge for anything that we do at Wisdom's Cry. Because it's not my place to charge you money. I've received this information freely. In some cases, I actually did have to pay for it because I had to buy other people's books and whatnot. But we have created an industry on selling faith. And that industry encourages charlatanism because it's in their best interest to tell you if you buy my book on this miraculous prayer your cancer will be cured your financial problems will go away miracles will rain down on you from heaven the sky will open up and the voice of the lord will boom down and tell you everything that you need to know to live the perfect life that's really easy to say almost impossible to deliver on and they have the incentive of it'll just cost you this price of admittance. Pay for my book, pay for my video, pay for my this, pay for my that. And because so many religious figures have been caught taking this money for not savory reasons, it encourages us to be skeptical of, oh, so all you need is a little bit of money and you can tell me how to get to heaven. Hmm. Why would I want to do that again? And I'm not saying everybody who charges money is a fraud. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to say is that when you're evaluating someone, look at what they're trying to get from you. I've noticed a lot of the get-rich-quick preachers who peddle the, pros the prosperity gospel 
they don't do free content. They say they do free content. And the free content is merely an infomercial for their paid content. We found this miraculous way that you say these nine magic words and the person that you love will fall in love with you. Did it work for you? It worked for me. It worked for you. It worked for me. It was great. It was wonderful. Yay, yay, yay. And you, too, can learn the secret in our six DVD set for the low, low price of $49.95. Of course, we're not actually charging you money because we're not really a business. We're pretending to be a ministry. So if you give us a donation of this exact amount, we will send you this DVD training session that will teach you the nine magic words, the nine magic beans that will grow you a beanstalk. Don't believe those people. Just don't. If you come to my lecture and pay me $1,000, I can put you in touch with the spirits of your dead ancestors. Your dear old mama has a message for you. Pay me $100 an hour, and you can hear what your beloved mother wanted to say. No. <laughs> because they have such a strong incentive to lie that even if, by some happenstance... They could actually do what they're claiming. You would have no reason to believe them. You have to be careful. You have to be really careful. And I'm not saying that people who do things for free are also blameless and instantly trustworthy. Because they put up donation boxes. In fact, I'm pretty sure some of you when I said that we don't charge for anything, instantly thought about the donate box that's on our website. Yeah, there's a donate box on our website. If you want to give, give. That money goes to the ministry, that money doesn't go to me. <laughs> I don't make money off of this. That's not what I do. And so, there you go. But, if I did make salary off this. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm lying. You have to look at the other things that they say. Notice how all of these prosperity teachers will also tell you things like they'll quote one of their favorite scriptures, touch not the Lord's anointed. In other words, you can't question them because questioning them is questioning God. And of course, God is not going to answer your prayers if you don't believe. If you can't question then they're probably hiding something. I think we can all say that that is a fairly straightforward rule that we can apply. If you tell me I cannot ask you a question, it's because you're hiding something. Now, you may have a reason to hide something. I don't know. Maybe you had a bad relationship that you just don't want to talk about right now, or maybe something happened to you when you were a child that you just don't feel comfortable talking to me about right now. Okay. You might have a valid reason. But if I ask you, well, what qualifies you to tell me this? And you have a crazy, crazy, don't touch the Lord's anointed. No. I, I, no. We do not bow the knee to anyone on earth. We bow our knee to God who is in heaven. It's not my job to serve anyone on this earth. <laughs>
It's not yours either. And so what you're looking for in all of these places, no matter where you go looking for truth, whether that's for financial advice or, you know, where's a good place to live, where's a good place to send your kids to school, what medicines should you take, what doctor should you go to, you really need to look at what are the underlying motives of the people you're talking to. Because again, these things do not automatically disqualify someone, but they sure do cast doubt. If someone tells you that you should go see their husband because he's a great doctor, he may be a great doctor. She may be the most brilliant surgeon the world has ever seen. That could be true. But you have to put that little grain of salt in there because they have a financial motive in getting you to go there see they make the money and while it's not always about money sometimes it's about fame sometimes seems like almost all too often it's about control look for the motives for anyone who claims that they have access to truth and that's even for someone like me do I feel like I know what I'm talking about yes do I feel that I have access to truth? Yes. Do I feel that my access to truth is perfect? No. <laughs> I learn something new every day. I learn something new, sometimes in the middle of recording one of these podcasts. Sometimes it's in interacting with someone. Don't accept anyone just because they tell you that they know. The scripture tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. The Apostle Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do that. Don't rely on someone else to have it all figured out for you. But if you do want to get help on the way, look to see if they look honest. Do they have a reason to be trying to deceive you? Are they trying to tell you that global warming isn't happening? while taking paychecks from the coal industry. You know, coal industry has a vested interest in you not believing in global warming. So maybe that might be why they're telling you that. Honesty is a virtue that I feel like we have lost. Honesty and integrity both, but primarily honesty. Because we've gotten to this place where we tell ourselves, you have your truth, I have my truth, he has his truth, they have their truth. And we use the word truth, but we don't ask ourselves, are they being honest about it? The man who wrote Revelation X wrote a joke, and people thought he was telling the truth. Anton LaVey did not believe in Satan, but he wrote a satanic Bible. He did it partially as a joke, but people take it seriously. And these are the questions that you have to start asking yourselves. What do you mean when you say truth? To me, truth is something tangible. Truth is something real. When you tell me that we have data, I will accept your data. I will look at your data. If your data seems plausible, I will, sure. You, you 
seem to be putting forth a persuasive argument. Uh, generally, we'll go along with it. But if you can't put forward data, and let's face it, for religion and for spirituality, the majority of what we have is our personal testimony. I can tell you meditation works because I meditate. I can tell you the difference in the days when I meditate and when I don't. Does that help you? No. What helps you is try meditating. There's no harm if it does nothing. But there's a great benefit if it does. So stay open-minded. Stay honest. Stay as far away as you can from people who have certitude. Certainty does not exist. Certainty cannot exist. Certainty is one of those wonderful fables that we like to tell ourselves. And there are very few things that we can say, I think beyond the 99.9% are true, and we can back it up with mountains of evidence. The Nazis were evil. Don't think that's debatable. <laughs> I don't think that's debatable at all. The Holocaust was wrong. Pol Pot was terrible. He was evil. He was a tyrant and a dictator. There's a preponderance of evidence that says that. That's the world. The world is one in which certainty is rare. Certainty is hard to find. And certainty is as powerful for clouding our minds and our judgment as blind loyalty. Because once you're certain of something, you no longer question it. So when you put things in that bucket labeled certain, I'm certain of this, be very, very careful that very, very few things get into that bucket. Because once they're in there, they're hard to get back out. I am certain that there is a God. I would never argue with somebody who disagrees. I would tell them that from my point of view, you've experienced the apophatic God, the again of God, the nothingness of God. And that is a very real experience of God, just as the imminent experience of God is a real experience. And that I hope one day that you will have that personal eminent experience of God. But there's no point in me arguing with you because neither one of us can make an argument that will ever pers persuade the other because it's not about arguing. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall see God. They shall be called the children of God. We are here to make peace, not to squabble with people. And if your certainties make you squabble with people, you got to be really careful because you're not doing the will of Christ our Lord. And of that, I'm certain. That's one of the few things in my bucket. I hope this has helped you. After some things that have happened over the weekend, I really felt that this was an important topic for us to discuss. 
If this has helped you, help us by sharing the word. Let other people know about us. Share us on your favorite social media network. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. You can also follow me at our Facebook page. You can find a link to that and everything else that we do over at our website, wisdomcries.com. I'm sorry, wisdomscry.com. And that's it. We are embarking on a long journey through the principles of creation spirituality, and this is one of the first primers I think is necessary for that road. Getting rid of certainty. Because the world is a much better place without it. Until next time, God bless. Amen.